Cantonese Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. Hi, it's Rose here. This week on News Kids, we will be talking about the US election, the latest news about the coronavirus pandemic, how NASA is trying to put a mobile phone network on the moon, why Sly might be good for us, and what Unblocktober is all about. Lastly, Zara will be reviewing one of her recent reads when Hitler stole Pink Rabbit. Hi, it's Rose here. As the US election is nearing its conclusion with the vote less than two weeks away, the competition between its two candidates, Republican Donald Trump and his Democratic rival Joe Biden, has intensified. Both candidates have held rallies at which they've shared their main views and policies with the hope of convincing Americans to vote for them. Last week, Trump and Biden took part in their final debate of the election campaign. Where they traded arguments and accusations on everything from the coronavirus pandemic to the economy, racial equality and immigration. The debate was moderated by female NBC journalist Kristen Walker and was purportedly much more organised and controlled than the previous debate, which had quickly descended into chaos. Although the official polling day is 3rd November, early voting is becoming increasingly popular and has been encouraged this year due to the coronavirus pandemic to avoid physical crowding on the main election day. As a result, many Americans have already cast their votes, either by post or in person, at a polling station. Early voting is expected to increase the number of votes cast. So far, around 53 million votes have already been placed, more than the total number of early votes cast in the 2016 election. It's too early to call who might win the election, but we will be sure to give you an update next week. Hello, this is Zara, and I'm here with another update on the coronavirus pandemic. Last week, I explained the tier system that was going to be introduced in the UK. This week, the British headlines have been dominated by the discussions that the government have been having with certain cities about the tier restrictions. Tier 3 measures were expected to be imposed on Greater Manchester, which would mean one of the highest levels of lockdown. The Mayor of Manchester, Andy Burnham, had lots of disagreements with central government and wanted more financial support for people affected by tougher rules. Mr Burnham thought that putting Manchester into Tier 3 was a flawed and unfair policy. He said that the government was asking us to gamble with our residents' jobs, homes and businesses and a large chunk of our economy on a strategy that their own experts tell them might not work. Greater Manchester was offered £60 million from central government to help support businesses, but Andy Burnham, who originally submitted a request for £90 million, said that it was not possible to accept less than £75 million. In the end, a £60 million support package was put in place. Andy Burnham said that he had no regrets for taking a stand. First Minister of Wales also announced a two-week national lockdown with people being asked to stay at home and adults working from home unless they are classed as a critical worker or it is not possible to work from home. All non-essential shops will close and so will restaurants, cafes and leisure centres. 
Primary schools will remain open, although a lot of children in the UK have half-term next week, so are on holiday anyway. All Halloween and bonfire night celebrations have also been cancelled. Cases have continued to rise throughout Europe. France extended its overnight curfew, and after Germany recorded its 10,000th coronavirus death, Angela Merkel said that the order of the day is to reduce contacts to meet as few people as possible. The US has remained the worst affected country, followed by Brazil and India. In fact, the virus has become a central issue in the US election. Here in Dubai, we have some new rules too. Wedding receptions and social events were permitted to resume in Dubai, but there are a lot of strict rules and guidelines to follow. Cases have risen here in the UAE too, so we do all have to continue to be careful. Hi, it's Laurie here with a bit of a crazy story this week. It was announced a few days ago that NASA, the American Space Agency, has teamed up with a mobile phone company to build the first 4G mobile phone network on the moon. It will potentially bring the internet to astronauts and future residents. The project is part of NASA's Artemis program, which aims to establish a sustainable human presence on the moon within the next decade. NASA has agreed to provide $370 million to 14 companies to provide technology for the Artemis moon landing program. The mobile phone network which NASA is building with Finnish phone maker Nokia will be used for remote controlling lunar robots including command and control functions and even streaming high definition video. According to Nokia, astronauts will be able to communicate by voice and video, as well as exchange data through wireless communications. Setting up the internet on the moon is more challenging than doing it on Earth, but Nokia says that its equipment has been specifically designed to withstand the difficult conditions of the launch and will operate in space without an atmosphere. The service is on track to be ready in 2022. Hello, this is Isa. This week I'm covering a brilliant piece of news. It's all about slime and why it is good for you. I absolutely love slime. I just like playing with it, stretching it, feeling it and making slime bubbles from it. Well now I found out why. This week, BBC Newsround spoke to Claire Hopkins, who is a child and adolescent psychotherapist. She said that slime can often help direct children's attention to a single focus in the here and now, and that playing with sensory objects like slime can allow children to quieten any external or internal things that are happening. She said that these common moments allow children to feel less overwhelmed. She also said that playing with squidgy things like slime can combat stress and helps children to hone in on what's happening right now and tune out past sadness or future anxiety. They notice that right in that moment they are touching something that feels so good in their hands. That means when you play with slime, you basically focus on the fact that it feels so nice in your hand and you don't worry about anything else. 
There is a scientific reason for this. Our nervous system is a collection of nerves and cells that send signals to different parts of the body and when we experience any positive sensory input, basically information that we receive through our senses, especially through our sense of touch, it activates part of the nervous system. I loved reading about why I enjoy slime so much and now that I know all this, I have one suggestion. Maybe adults should start playing with slime too. Hi, it's Rose here again. October has lots of awareness days, including World Mental Health Day, World Teachers Day, and Breast Cancer Awareness, or Pinktober. But did you know October is also home to Unblocktober? Unblocktober is the world's first national campaign and awareness month to improve the health of the UK's drains, sewers, watercourses and seeds. It aims to raise awareness of what happens if people continue to pour dangerous liquids and items into our drains without worrying about the consequences. For example, if people put plastic products, contact lenses, wet wipes or cotton belts down the sinks and toilets, these can quickly cause blockages and other serious problems. When sewers and drains get blocked, it can cause foul water flooding, pollution and may lead to extensive repairs needing to take place. It can also lead to plastic pollution, as putting dangerous products in our drains increases the chances of plastic making its way into our rivers and seas. I think this sounds like a great campaign and I think people around the world should think a lot more carefully about what they flush away to avoid polluting our rivers and seas. Hello, this is Dara and I'm here with a review of one of the books that I've recently enjoyed reading. It is called When Hitler Stole Pink Rabbit and it is based on the life story of Judith Kerr, the author. Now you may remember Judith Kerr from when you were much younger as she is the author of a very famous children's book, The Tiger Who Came to Tea, and she also wrote a series of books about Mog the Cat. Anyway, the book is about a child called Anna who's had an amazing life in Germany but has to soon say goodbye to her spectacular life because her family is Jewish and are worried that Hitler will come to power, which as we all know he did. She was forced to move to Switzerland and start a new life with her family. Now, I'm not going to give that much away to not spoil anything for anyone. So all I will tell you is that Anna and her family got through some tough times, but also some great adventures. I really enjoyed reading this book, and at first I did wonder if it was going to leave me sad. However, it is not written in a way that makes you feel sad all the time. But when I think about how Anna was feeling during that terrible situation, I do feel sad that this could happen to any little girl. But it is amazing that they managed to deal with this situation successfully. Although the family was in a terrible situation, the book is written in a very entertaining way. So if you're my age and are interested in that period of time, then I really recommend that you read it. Right now, I'm reading the third book in the trilogy and I shall report back when I've finished reading it. That's all for this week. I hope you enjoyed our show and thank you for listening.